Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Patrick Wright. Happy opening day uh, to all after months of, of no baseball uh, and watching other leagues slowly come back, the MLB and more specifically our beloved Washington Nationals start their seasons uh, this afternoon, this evening, depending on where you are. Um, in case you've been living under a rock, you know this is going to be a 60-game shortened season, so we thought it'd be a good idea to give you all some content uh, around baseball and just the defending champs uh, in general. You know, my hope is to do this podcast weekly. I don't know if that's going to happen. There's a lot going on. Uh, but if that's the hope, and if this really does take off or I get really into it, maybe we'll even do it uh, once or twice a week. But the goal here is is to talk a lot, all things nationals, whether that's the uh, the coming week and the teams we're, we're preparing to play, how the, the rest of the NL East is performing, you know, who's trending up, who's trending down, what are some sleeper teams, how are the new rules performing, are we going to get extended playoffs, <laughs> which needs to be decided in about the next 25 hours. So that's the idea. It'll be, you know, 90 to 95% nationals related, but I do like to talk about baseball in general, so I'll probably sprinkle in, you know, some of my thoughts around teams that I enjoy watching. I also live in Seattle now, so, you know, if you are a Mariners fan, I will be paying very close attention to them because, you know, from an American League perspective, I'll be, you know, excited to see how they perform, plus they haven't been to the playoffs in years. But this is mostly, almost strictly going to be about the Nats. Uh, and, you know, so while we're going to, do a lot of those, you know, preview of coming week's opponents. We'll also try to pepper in some guests here and there. Uh, I'm excited to, to get into this. Now, keyword here, or the key of all this is my hope is this weekly. Let's let's go back to that. But um, before we get into kind of the opening day series, let's start with what I view as the biggest uh, issue uh, for the Nats right now, and that and that is um, that is Mike Rizzo. I have literally no idea why as of right now you know opening day he does not have an extension he's kind of a lame dunk lame lame duck general manager right now he's been with the Nats for basically ever uh some background on him he he officially became the GM in 2012 I believe he he has overseen the a World Series now he's seen uh he's overseen four NL East titles along with the wild card berth uh, which which is five playoff bursts for those keeping score at home in uh, seven full seasons. And, you know, I believe they have more wins than any team other than the Dodgers uh, in that span. Not only that, they haven't had a losing season since he became GM. So all this is, is to boil down. It's like, why in the hell is this guy not signed long-term? Give him five years, you know, make it a four-year a deal with, with an extension for this year. But... It makes no sense as to why this guy has not been extended. Um, yeah, he's he's mostly done pretty well with trades. There have been some definite misses. You know, Pat Bond jumps to my mind right away. You know, he obviously, he, he's a little handicapped. I think he knows how to work with the learners really well, but he is a little handicapped for those, you know, who followed all the Bryce pieces to this. Rizzo knows what he's working with the learners, and he didn't wait around. He went and got Corbin and just moved on quickly once you know, he realized I'm not going to play this game. He got Strasburg done uh, as well. I personally would have preferred to to sign Rendon. That's a personal take, but more of the story is, you know, Rizzo needs to be locked up and he needs to be locked up literally right now. So the last time he was up for a contract extension a few years ago, the Learners and the Nationals announced on opening day that he was extended uh, for four more years. So in essence, that was about four, three or four years ago. With opening day uh, now here. 
even with the extra couple months that, that the Nats bought with no with no opening day, Rizzo is still not signed. I don't know what the deal is. This is something that you know the learners really need to 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 get down. I think it's the I think he's the most important uh, person in the organization. Period, top to bottom. He knows how to work with the learners. He builds good teams. You know, going back to his day with the Diamondbacks, you can see how he wants to build teams. He does it with pitching. Uh, it's got us this five playoff burst, and now it also has us a World Series. Um, and he's, you know, he also signed probably the first player to go into Hall of Fame wearing a curly W, Max Scherzer. Uh, and you can just see just from his drafting, all he does, all he cares about is pitching. Um, but you know, in my opinion, he needs to be re-signed. He needs to be re-signed now. Um, so. Last time he was resigned, though, it was opening day, which is today, and we have the New York Yankees coming to town for a three-game, uh, three-game series in Nats Park with with no fans, which is going to be kind of weird. I'm actually very excited to watch the opening game with with Scherzer on the mound. He's such a lunatic um, that I you, the mics are going to pick up something, and some of them will probably be him yelling at the the umpire. I wouldn't be surprised if the game is a little bit on a delay. Just to bleep out, you know, any sort of cussing or anything along those lines. The NHL has already announced that they're they're doing that. But uh, so you have three game series with the Yanks. I'm not going to talk too much about the Yankees because we all know who they are. The the big bad Yankees. Um, you know, with Garrett Cole, who last time we saw was winning game five of the World Series, I believe it was, and not making an appearance in game seven. So excited to see him. Scherzer versus Cole, two of the best. You know, right out the gates, and. You know, you have you have Stanton, you have Judge, you know the big names over there. Um, Torres, the Yankees are the Yankees. They're the best team in the in the AL East. They're probably the best team in the AL. They're probably the second best team in baseball behind the Dodgers. Yes, I think the Dodgers are the best team. Um, but there's some new names. You know, you got gone is Rendon and hello Carter Keboom. We've been talking about him for it feels like years now. And apparently the job is his. I don't think he's going to start. From what I what I've read, um, and I believe Mark uh, Davy has already come out and said that Cabrera should get the start. But Keyboom's an interesting piece to this. Uh, hopefully his defense is better than it was last year. He's moving from short to third, but the kid can rake, and he just needs to play. Um, so I'm excited to see kind of what he's going to bring to the table. And if there's ever a time to introduce him. It's during 60 game season. Uh, you know you have Eric Thames now with a. Uh, at first base, probably going back and forth a little bit with uh, Howie Kendrick. Thames is, you know, he's always the kind of guy that's always smiling. He's just an absolute massive human being. Uh, to, to recap you on some of his numbers from last year, uh, he produced about a 1.6 war. And no, I do not know that top man. I'm looking at his stats as we speak. Uh, but in 851 OPS, which is exciting. And I think... Fingers crossed, if he replicates that, this guy is going to, to do pretty well. He rakes against right-handed pitching. Uh, he struggles big time with um, left-handed pitching. You know, I, I don't know the exact spits off the top of my head, but the <clears throat> the idea that Kendrick can, can start against lefties, he can start against righties. You know, obviously that was going to be Zim with the left-handed pitchers to start with, but uh, we don't have that. Um his splits against right-handed pitcher has an 8.39 OPS for in his career. Against lefties, though, it's, it drops all the way down to 6.50. So James, great bat off the bench, especially with uh, you know a lot of righty, big righty, lefty, big righty relievers coming out later in the games. But you're going to get a majority right-handed pitching anyway. 
So he's going to get a lot of at-bats. You can you can have Howie DH and keep him off his feet for most of the season and then also platoon him uh, with those left-handed pitching. So very excited about Thames. Uh, he obviously hit that home run in the wild card to uh, against Scherzer in the second inning to give the Brewers a, a 3-0 lead, which eventually we overcame. Uh, but excited about him. And the last player I'm, that's new that I am also excited about is, uh, is Starlin Castro. You know, I've been following him since he was with the with the Cubs. He was kind of supposed to be the Cubs' like next great player, uh, and he's a big-time free swinger. He's, he led the league in hits back in 2011. Um, he's been an all-star you know, a handful of times, four or five times, I think. Uh, but he's a, he's a solid hitter. In 10 years, he's a 280 career hitter, uh, OPS around 730. This is a guy that's not going to – you know, be a middle of the order guy. But last year with Miami, uh, after changing his swing, he actually ended up hitting a career high in home runs of 22 with majority of them coming after the all-star break. So with Kevin Long, you know, everyone knows he loves uh, launch angles, getting the ball in the air. I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. Um, And he's a name a lot of people recognize. He played on some, you know, bad Cub teams. He was there for some lean Yankee years and he, he spent the last two years, unfortunately for him, uh, with Miami. So, you know, I think it, he's probably very excited to be playing for a team that, that has a chance to, to go all the way and hopefully they'll reinvigorate him and, and he will continue to, to do well. Um, then you have, you know, the stalwarts. You have Soto back. Pumped to see him. I think I think the season's going to hinge on how successful Trey Turner um, is going to be. You have Eaton back and right. Uh, Robles back in center. Robles is the best defensive center fielder in baseball. I don't care if you're an Nats homer or not. You can't convince me otherwise. Um, you know, you have the platoon back at the dish with Suzuki and Gomes. Uh, and and then you have the pitching staff anchored by Scherzer, Strasburg, uh, Corbin, Sanchez. So a lot of the same old names. You know, I, I think the team is a little worse than a year ago with the loss of Rendon. I think it's a huge loss, actually. Uh, I know... I know he's older and, and very, uh, you know, creates a little bit of a bipolar position in the, in the fandom. But, you know, I think losing Zimmerman's going to hurt, especially the platoon potential platoon of, of Zim is uh, uh, taking left-handed pitchers and, and and Thames with the right-handed. I think it's a big loss as well. It's a lot of production, in my opinion, that's going to be gone. So the batting order will be interesting. Expect to, you know, take a step back. But then you have the pitching will be just as good. Um I expect Scherzer to be great. I know a lot of people are freaking out because he got beat up the other day uh, in his exhibition start from the Phillies. But, you know, you have Strasburg there. You're going to have Corbin. Hopefully his arm can hold up. Uh, and then you have Sanchez. And I'm very excited about uh, Fetty. I, I was actually more excited about Ross. Uh, but excited about Fetty. I, I, he needs – this is kind of the perfect season for him. He, he needs to figure it out, in my opinion, or else he's, you know, he's gone in a couple years. So I'm excited about him, see what he can produce. I think Voth is, is slowly turning into that fifth starter. Uh, Austin Voth, he, his velocity has, has been staying in the low to mid-90s. Uh, he's pitched really well. pitched really well at the bullpen the other day, following up on uh, after Scherzer. I think he threw two innings of, of perfect baseball. Uh, and then the bullpen. The bullpen should be actually pretty good. So we're going to start the year without Suero and uh, Elias. Elias, I mean, he hasn't been on, he's been on the team since the trade deadline last year, but we've seen him, I think, twice. Uh, but Suero is starting in uh, in Harrisburg. He's gonna you know get a few simulated games down there before he comes and joins the the team. But you still have some good names in there, right? You still have Sean Doolittle, who I'm very worried about. I think I think I think the Nats basically sacrificed his arm 
uh, for a World Series last year. And, you know, I was talking with Nat's talk today on Twitter about this. His his velocity sitting around 89 as opposed to last year when it was around 93 is a big deal for him. I know location's more important, but Doolittle's spin rate needs to be high, and 89 miles an hour, people are going to feast off him. Uh, Daniel Hudson is back after basically coming in and shoring up the bullpen last year. We have Will Harris now. Last time we saw him, he was giving up uh, Howie Kendrick's home run in Game 7. Uh, and I am very excited for Tanner Rainey. I, you know, I think Swearer Rainey, one of the two of them really needs to make a uh, take a step forward for us to have a really good bullpen. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and say Tanner Rainey is the closer by end of the year. Uh, that's not my original take. I saw someone else say it the other day on Twitter or, or read about it. But if he can harness that arm, good Lord, dude's got wicked stuff, and uh, he's young, and another great trade, in my opinion, from from Rizzo. So very excited about him. Um, some sad things on my end, not having Zerman, that sucks. I love Ryan Zerman. He's my fair player. Uh, he's hometown hero for me. Gonna, the Nats are going to miss him. He's been in the team for, you know, this would have been his 17th year with the Nats. He's Mr. Nat. Everyone knows that. So shout out to Zim for getting his World Series and sitting out. We hope to see him again uh, next year, and he kind of gets his farewell. But if not, if this is it, I would be remiss saying um, thanks for everything, Zim. Appreciate it. So as we get into kind of season predictions, what are we expecting? Uh, the NL East, I think – the NL East is a stacked division, right? So you have the Braves or the Finning Champs. Uh, I think they probably have the best team in the division now. Um, I think the Mets are an intriguing team, but as I'm recording this podcast, Marcus Stroman uh, has a torn uh, quad or calf and will be on the IL for a long time. That's a big blow for the Mets. So they have DeGrom, but that everyone says they have a very intriguing, you know, great lineup, but... Until Cespedes stays healthy for more than 18 games, uh, I, I just don't trust them. I don't trust the Phillies either. Noel is a great pitcher. Uh, but, you know, Bryce Harper, for as good as he is, is not going to carry a team like that. Maybe he can for a month, which is a lot in a 60-game season. It's, it's you know, roughly half the season now I'm thinking about it. But I, I still don't I still don't like the Phillies. I love, um, love the Braves. I do think they're the best team. Marlins are pretty dumb. So in the NL East, I'll go Braves, Nats, uh, Phillies, Mets. I think the Nats, Phillies, and Mets are kind of jumbled together. But with the injury to Stroman, uh, and then the Phillies are just, I don't believe in them. I have them, you know, slated in third and that's fourth. Um, some sleeper teams for you guys. I love the White Sox. Obviously, they have G- Giolito. Um, but I don't, I don't know why, but they, they seem to... At least I personally think they they will bust through here a little bit. Uh, I don't think they'll win the Central. The Central is kind of loaded, the AL Central, with, because you have the Twins and you have the Indians. But, uh, you know, they have Yon Makata. Uh, they they brought in uh, Yosemite Grandal, who you guys remember from the Brewers. They have Edwin and Carcion now. Uh, and then Luis Robert is hitting bombs left and right in these exhibition games. So I'm excited to see what they have to offer. And then the other two teams I will give shout-outs to are the Padres. Uh, one, because they're going back to their old uniforms. Uh, and two, they're just a young and fun team, right? So they have Fernando Tatis Jr. Hopefully we'll get a full season from him or 60 games out of him. He might be the best young player in baseball. You have Manny Machado, um, who has been there for a while, probably will 
you know, my guess is the contract weighed on them a little bit last year. Uh, and then they also have uh, some, some decent pitching. So I'm generally, you know, Chris Paddock, for instance, that's, that's, uh, that's a big name. I think he's actually, I think, just announced as their opening day starter. So I'm excited about the Padres. Uh, excited to follow them. And then lastly, I think, I think in the NL Central, you're going to have the Reds come out uh, and win that, uh, win that division. I've always been skeptic on Trevor Bauer, but with, with his free agent coming, I think he'll be pretty good. Uh, Sonny Gray is, is damn good, even though he was terrible with the Yankees. They have Luis Castillo, who could be in the running for the Cy Young Award. Um, they're just going to be a fun, really good team. They're really fun last year, really fun. But uh, I think this year they put it together and actually win the NL Central. So those are my sleeper teams. And I mentioned, I alluded to it earlier, right now, as I'm recording this, we're looking at 10 teams making the playoffs. Uh, it sounds like they're trying to get that to 16 before um, the first pitch. So if I had to, to predict uh, a World Series right now, um, I'll probably say Dodgers over the Rays. Uh, I know earlier I said that the Yankees are probably the best team in the AL. The, the Rays are just very deep, and I think their pitching can actually match the Yankees. Uh, so I'll take Dodgers over the Rays to start it. Uh, and then what are we missing for this last piece to this? Uh, some some rules to take into take in consideration, right? So the, the NL will have a DH, so we'll see Howie Kendrick DHing a bunch. Um, and the one rule I'm most interested to see is um, pitcher has to face three batters unless he's ending an inning. So you can bring a pitcher in with two outs, he gets the out, he can come out. But um, a pitcher must stay in the game for three batters or until the end of the inning. So very curious to see what that is. The the goal is to speed up the game, obviously. It eliminates a little bit of the idea of a lefty specialist. Um, I, so I am curious. It's going to increase a lot of workloads. And um, hopefully it'll speed up games. I don't think it's going to speed up the game that much, but I am I do think it's from a strategic standpoint, it, it'll be interesting. I'm excited to, to, to see what happens there. Uh, so there you go. Covered a lot there. Um, my goal is to do this every week. Probably a little more structure uh, than this. I just started rambling and started talking about you know random OPSs and, and random players. Uh, I think you probably will see another podcast here coming soon because I do want to talk about Cade Gavelli, uh, Jackson Rutledge, and Seth Romero. Uh, three young arms. I'm very excited about uh, and and to see how this all goes. Next time we talk, we'll actually have real baseball. Uh, so enjoy. Go Nats, and uh, excited to to start the season with you guys and, and get to know each other. So enjoy, and we'll talk soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.